Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo. I'm Mike Golick, and I'm not flying solo. I won't get into the whole joke. My wife, Chris, is here as well, but a lot to talk about in the world of sports. Big stories. It's not really the quantity of stories this time. It's the quality of stories. We'll obviously talk about the divisional round coming up in the NFL, which is a, a big thing. Uh, but hirings and firings in the NFL, monster trade that went on uh, in the NBA that we'll talk about as well. But we always like to start with your questions first. We love hearing from everybody out there. And that's we always do sports and non-sports. And Chris likes to hang around here to jump in on the answers as well when she doesn't think yeah, I'm well, giving a good enough answer. Well, it's exactly okay. right. Uh, Harry and Hank, our pugs, are roaming around causing uh, havoc as well. So if you hear some barking down the road, uh, that will be them. So let's jump right into the questions and let's well, let's go through a few. Not of these. so fast. Oh, not so fast. Wait a minute. Flying solo podcast starring Mike Golick. I have something. That okay. I want to bring up, right. coming off the national championship, that I want you and I to make our crusade. I want to start a grassroots campaign <clears throat> to somehow get the targeting um, rule changed in college football. Oh, my God. The kids oh. getting thrown out of the games. Now, I am all for better, safer <clears throat> football. Right. But kids losing, playing in games just doesn't work for me. And I think it's a travesty, and I think it needs to change. Uh, Listen, I have been saying this on broadcast every single time it would happen. I would always say, I don't like it. And people always come back at me, so let's discuss this. Well, how are you going to get it out of the game? If you don't, if you make it a 15-yarder, but they stay in the game, they can do it again. What if they hurt somebody? What if they hurt someone and it's only a 15-yarder, but the offensive guy is out of the game, but the defensive guy gets to stay in the game and it's only a 15-yarder, and he clearly put his head down? Those are all good arguments. I get it. I, I, just, I just don't like this as a deterrent. Now, if you want to look at the replay, because I'm glad they replayed. Right. And, and if you want to really, to me... To me, you can almost watch it and say, oh, yeah, okay. Not, not by rule, not, not by because I get it when some guys have gotten tossed by letter of the rule, right. they're out. But that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about looking at it and saying, oh, yeah, he launched, he put his head down, he hit him in the head. He should be, he should be out of the game. And even then, I'm hesitant about right. out of the game. But some of these... By the letter of the law, they're getting disqualified right. like they should, but I hate the law. I hate the rule. I hate feel it. like there should be degrees to it yep. because you can look at plays and you can see where somebody was intentionally, you know, launching themselves, looking right. to like almost making themselves a missile and leaning with their head and whatnot. But then there's other ones where you catch at a bad angle, they're trying to lead with their shoulder, the head inadvertently hits their head or yep. their jaw. You can tell the difference. You can, but but because the rule is written, written the way it is, even if a guy tries to pull off right. and still catches a defenseless player right. especially, because once a player is considered defenseless, I mean anything to the head is going to get a guy tossed. Could not agree more. 
Can't stand it. Needs to be rewritten we need to somehow, start somewhere. Some grassroots campaign in the offseason here to get them to change this. World. It is horrible, and every year this gets talked about, and every year it doesn't change. And I and I don't understand it, man. And that guy's just. I mean, there's just a few games that kids get to play. And yeah. A lot of times yeah. it's actual starters who get you know get this, and you know usually you're a starter for a year or so. And, and I'm sorry, what a joke! You change the rule to where if you got thrown out now you don't have you, to leave. You don't have to leave. <laughs> hey, thanks. Yeah. I'm out of the game and I can sit there and be tormented with it on the sideline. What a bunch of bullshit that is. <laughs> it is oh my it god. Is. I mean, is that the I dumbest you thing? I want to be with your team and yeah. not have to leave, but still. Oh, come on. Yeah. It's I it's no change to the rule. Hate it. And and listen, for those that disagree and say there's got to be a big deterrent, I will listen to you talk about me that too. I have, but to me, I think that rule needs to be rewritten and looked at more under review. Uh, the, the the film the video review during the play to change it from the way it's written to then by you know as I'm sitting there up in the booth handcuffed saying well by the letter of the law that kid's going right. to get thrown out of the game and in no way shape or form do I feel like he should be thrown there out of the game. There should be room for interpretation yeah. in my opinion. I completely agree. And they always say you can't tell intent. Well, on something like this. I would want to see a little more, and I think you can. I think you, if they disregard everything, man, I'd say, okay, it would have to be an extreme circumstance to toss them out of the game. I I, I hate the rule. Hate it. I agree. I agree. It's just too much for me. So, okay, onward. Onward Onward to lighter things. Okay. All right, somebody um, tweeted at us and wants to know your top three, your favorite cake flavor. If you had to pick one flavor. Chocolate. Okay. I'm a big chocolate guy. Donut flavor. I'm a big white cream filled guy. Not Bavarian cream. Don't like the, the Bavarian cream, but like the, the almost like the frosting type or, or like right. whipped cream. Whipped cream, whipped cream yeah. like middle white right. cream. Yes. Yes. That would be you that. You like the white cream or the chocolate cream? Is, Either. Is okay. I'm an equal opportunity you there. You have to pick one though. Uh, probably white cream. Okay. There. And cookie. Uh, I think the standard... Um, Chocolate chip cookie. I, I always feel like that's the safest. Probably the safest yeah. way to go. Yeah, and think. I'll do. I'll do. You know, white chocolate chips. Do you like thick chocolate chips or thin chocolate? Like chips? chunky chocolate chips. Well, no, I mean like the thickness of the cookie. Because I'm a big more like cakey yeah. cookie yeah, than yeah. a flat like hard yeah. cookie. Give me a give me a big cakey, cakey cookie. cookie. Me yeah, too. yeah. Me Maybe too. with some frosting on it, just for good measure. <laughs> Something happens to fall on it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Why not? Huh. Okay, and another question was your favorite tailgate food, and I thought this was uh, appropriate to ask since you're working with Barbecue Relief. Yes, yes. First, my favorite food would probably be, I would I would say probably a good brat or a good cheeseburger. I'm not crazy, you know, like I know there's ribs and I know there's steaks and, and people get really exotic, right. you know, out there, but I think... A good, I mean, our friends who do the, the tailgates, the, the high camps at Notre Dame, the cheeseburgers they have at the, that thing, they melt in your mouth. Isn't it one of the things that you really miss this year? I mean, like the smell of the tailgates smell, and well, just the when, food. When we, were at, uh, when we were quarantined at Notre Dame for a while, it was during the season, and just walking around on game days when the games were going on, but no fans, yep. so there were no smells, no nope. nothing. So we were hoping that. we would see one of those places. One of the, where the dorms sell the burgers yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There but was nothing. those burgers at that tailgate, so I would just say a great cheeseburger because I like all the sides and, right. and different stuff right. you get as well. But man, just a good juicy cheeseburger. Do you like your, cheese, your burger a little bit? 
crisp. A little bit crisp. Yeah. A little bit crisp. The cheese melted on it, man, and an ice cold beer, and I am in heaven. Because we never got to tailgate a bunch, certainly when I was playing, but more when the boys were at school, we'd go out and tailgate some. Right. And yeah. I miss it so it much. It would be a joy. It's one of the things that I miss. Can't wait show. till it's back. And, and, you know, and yes, you're right. You know, I'm working with um, Operation Barbecue Relief. I started working with them uh, because I, I think it's a phenomenal cause. For anybody that wants to check them out, it's obr.org. And you can see the work they do with natural disasters. Uh, they will go to that spot. They will bring tons of volunteers. They'll get volunteers in that area. And they will cook barbecue food for frontline workers, for people that are displaced, for everybody. They have served, just in 2020 alone, over 5 million meals, over 10 million wow. meals overall and they stay there and they get it done they also hold uh they do things with wounded warriors they do things with veterans with teachers with students it's a great organization that we got really involved with and then when i cleaned out my when you cleaned uh, out your espn my office, ESPN office we, we did we, the auction we did the five dollar yeah. venmo yeah. raffle not raffle, auction yeah. raffle and everybody stepped up so nice and we were able to donate money there but uh uh, listen, there's nothing like some great comfort food like barbecue food, no. uh, and they do a great job there. So if you want to check them out, uh, obr.org uh, is the website. It's re really great what they're doing. Okay, somebody else asked a question, and I feel like this is, I don't intend this to be a jab. I intend this to be therapeutic for you. I feel like once a year we need to discuss oh, it. No. We need for you to like bring those feelings up to the surface so that maybe you can get past it. Your most memorable wrestling match. Oh, my God. Seriously, you're going to do this? Somebody asked. And okay. And I thought maybe you'd feel better talking I'll about do one on, the, one on the positive side. Uh, I wrestled at Notre Dame as well. My brother Bob did as well. And Notre, I graduated in 85, and Notre Dame dropped wrestling in 87. I'm very bummed about that, and it's still not back. I would love it to be back. Um, but before I left there, I did set the Notre Dame record for fastest pin. I pinned a kid from Valparaiso in 13 seconds. Uh, it, was a, it was an old move. Like My brother Bob, like I said, wrestled as well. And since we were football players, we always incorporated a little football into our wrestling uh, as well. And Bob would do this, and he kind of showed me that when you tie up with a guy, anybody that knows wrestling, when you not not the WWE, which I do enjoy, right. but like collegiate wrestling, Olympic sport Olympic wrestling, sport yeah. wrestling, when you tie up with a guy, how you you know you, you get get him behind the head and, and, and tie up with him. Well, Bob did this, and he, he passed it on down to me. You tie up with him, and you let your forearm hit him like right in the neck, like really hard, like you really jack him with a forearm. When you tie up, you shake their head and you throw him away a little bit. So I did this to this kid. And the intention worked perfectly here. It's to piss him off. Uh -huh. You know, to just kind of rattle his cage, throw him, and then tick him off. And know he's going to come charging to try and do the same thing to you. Right. So I did it to this kid. The whistle blew. I did it to him. Banged him with my form a couple times. Pushed him back. And he came right at me, tried to do the same thing. And I hit him. I hit him with a, with a single. Took him down right into a half Nelson. Put him on his back and pinned him in 13 seconds. It was, it worked to a T. Right. It was, it was it was pretty cool. It was your shining moment. It huh? was, yeah, <laughs> my, my, my shining moment. Um, yeah, it was uh, It was a lot of fun. That was, you know, in front of tens of people. That's but, a funny thing. For as long as I've known you, and I've known you since I was 17, I never saw you wrestle. You never you never came to watch me wrestle? No. I Didn't mean, you, your freshman year, weren't you basically in love with me? Are we going to do this? Well, no. Yes. My point being, 
that if you were, let's just not say love, you liked me. We were we were friends. Right. We were friends. Right. Well, I told my roommate freshman year that I was going to marry you, that we you were going to date other people or whatever you wanted yeah, to call it. Yeah, I wouldn't call it dating. And then senior year, you and I would get together, and you were the guy. Was and, and, you're, and that's exactly how it went. Your trapping plan worked perfectly, <laughs> didn't it? Set, call it what you want. Set the bait set the, <laughs> and set the hook. But but we were friends. We were. The entire time in Notre Dame, you never, ever came to watch me wrestle. I never did because I felt like that was kind of an intimate setting. Like, I didn't know what the size of the... the it wasn't much. It wasn't much. It wasn't many people so I there. felt like it would be weird and, like, creepy for me to just show up at a wrestling meet. But we were friends. We were, but I didn't feel like we were... You could have brought your friends. I could have. I just you, still, you you can just say you didn't like wrestling. No, 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 it had nothing to do with that. I thought it would be too forward. I guess. All right. I mean, you could have saw me in a singlet, you know, in a tight singlet, when you're on in my stadium, college bod. You know what I'm saying? Stadium, yeah. You don't realize that right. I'm there. Or but this really uh, showed yeah. off my I, bod. I missed out, didn't I? Woo! Wow, I yeah. Out. So I know I, I I'm just avoiding. Yes. Um, Come on now. The the. Whenever I would go out and give talks anywhere, people and I'd let people ask questions, and I would say, what was the, your worst moment uh, in sports? And they would be waiting for a college moment at Notre Dame or an NFL moment as my, my worst moment. And it was high school wrestling. Uh, my senior year, I, I was ranked number one in the state of Ohio, and I got hurt in the last football game, so I didn't wrestle as much leading up to state, right. but there's no excuse. Um, so I went into state, I was ranked number one. So I was ranked first, so that meant the guy I wrestled in the first round was the guy that was ranked, you know, the last of, right. of the group that was right. at in, in, the, in, right. the, in the state in the wrestling. It happened to be Kirk Loudermilk. For those that don't know, Kirk went on to play offensive line at Ohio State and a bunch of years in the NFL. We actually right. played against each other in the NFL. And I wrestled him in the first round. And the match started. I took him down. My coach said, let him up. I did. Uh, and, and I felt in control. And then I went to take him down one time and he got around me. And I swear to you, I, I, I couldn't recall the rest of the match. I, it was, it was now I give. So you don't remember any of it. Well, I mean, I re, I re, remember, I don't remember it move for move. Right. I tried to block it out. First and foremost, give Laudermilk all the credit in the world. You know what? Was he better than you? He, he, in that match, he was. But was he better than you? In me? that match, he was. <laughs> I will never say he was better than me if we wrestled again. Right. But that doesn't matter. Right. All that matters he was, was in that match, that he was better than me for those six minutes. And right. that's all that mattered. And he was. And I feel like I pulled one of the biggest chokes of my life. I was disgusted with myself. I... Almost couldn't look at my high school coach, John Story, a guy I respect. He, he, I think he was disgusted in, with me. I don't, you know, he'll never say that, yeah. but disappointed. 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 Like a dad. Yes. And, uh-huh. and I respected him, you right. know, like, like my father. Yep. And, and that one, that one hurt me. Uh, I went on to take third. Who, um, who took state? Who won? Laudermilk won. He did. He, the guy he beat in the finals, I pinned about a month earlier in a tournament. The guy so he, what, what, did the number one seed, like, was that the number one seed? I was he, the number one seed. You were the number one I seed. I was the number one seed. Laudermilk was the last seed, so was and the guy, he won. The guy that he beat, the guy that he he the beat, two? The guy that he beat, I don't know if he was number two. He was in the other side of the bracket, for those that understand okay. brackets. He was in the other side of the bracket. That's who I would have met in the finals had I, had I done what I thought I was supposed to do. 
And I had wrestled that guy a month earlier in the finals of the tournament, and I pinned him. So if you so, could go back in time to one sports moment, would it be that moment? I would be that moment. I would. I want that match back. And you don't get do-overs. Right. I know that. But, yeah, if, if you, you ask could, that, yeah, I would back. want – because I feel – If you could go back in time. Yes. I feel, <laughs> yes, I feel I was better than what I showed that day. Right. But, again, Loudermilk right. earned it, deserved it. As I said, went out to Ohio State – Played in the league for a number of years. We played against each other. He was with the Colts. He was with the Vikings. Uh, I talked about this so much. You were begging Louder Milk to just wrestle me. I wish we would have done that when you guys were both in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. Like, now, I don't think it would be so great. No, no, no. It would be horrible. if you guys would have, oh we would have had some fun in the middle of a football field. <laughs> it, was, it was, without question, a horrible moment for me. I mean, I... I I know it comes up in conversation. There was, there was with my coach, my brother Bob was the first state champ he had in 1975. And when Bob won, I was there when he beat Harold Smith. That was one of the greatest heavyweight classes ever out of Ohio. Uh-huh. And Bob won, destroyed Harold Smith in the finals. And John Story, our coach, picked him up and carried him around the mat. Uh-huh. And when I, when I saw you that. still remember it? To this day, that's one of the things that bugs me the most. And every time I see Coach Story, I think he's sick of me saying it. I say I'm sorry. When we went to that event where me and five others, you know, Desmond Howard and Elvis Gerbach and and, um, Bob and Clark Kellogg and those, we got the red jackets. They did this special. Well, it was even something even different than that. And Coach Story put it on me. I apologized again. Uh And he's like. Let's, let it go, yeah, dude. Let it go. I, I, I can't. can't. Uh-huh. The minute I saw him lift my brother Bob, I said, I want that. Right. And that year, Paul Bartolone was a great wrestler for us. He won a second state championship. Period. Oh, we picked him up. And the guy who I would practice in, uh, Simon Skijowskis, God rest his soul, he was a police officer for a number of years and then and, and, and passed away. Um, he won at 185, the, the weight class right before heavyweight. Right. So I watched him wrestling in the finals before I wrestled for third and fourth. Oh, and I saw Coach Story lift him right. as he won the state championship and it just was just... So how did your, your consolation match go? I won, I don't know, eight to five, eight to six, something like that. Uh, no, of- I was. I actually would have pinned the guy early, but they called it a slam. Okay. I mean, I, I decked him. And right. I didn't think it was a slam. It would have been over. Right. Because he was on his back. It would have been done. But they didn't. He was a strong kid. I, he ended up playing outside linebacker at Ohio State. Oh. I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Because I would be able to tell... But the winner gets the bracket sheet with all the names on it. Right. Laudermilk has it in his house. Right. I don't have it in mine. So. I'd be curious if it means as much to him as it did. It, it bothers it, you. Like. It destroyed me. I know it did. I mean, just absolutely destroyed me. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Do you feel better? No. Hell no. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. I tried. Um, somebody asked, how do you think your game would translate in today's game? Um... The game is more of a passing game, and I wasn't a great pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was very good against the run. I, 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 could, I played with hands really well. I played leverage really well. I studied the hell out of film, and I studied the hell out of game plans to know what plays, a group of plays that were coming. So I could be that kind of guy on the field to direct. Right. But Is there somebody in the game that reminds you of you? Um, it would be guys that would any any guy you see usually come out on third down yeah. when it's a pass rushing yeah. down That's would you. be me. Yeah. yeah. Now there were times I stayed in, but for the most part, I, w- I would come out. I just wasn't I wasn't a great pass rusher, which I blame my father. Um, yeah. But uh, 
Uh, so yeah, that that was that was the, the worst part of my game. Okay, and a lot of people are asking about your future plans. Um, you know, still waiting. Anything like that's going to be considered long term or permanent probably won't happen until after after football's over. Right. March and April is kind of when kind of reassess because football is kind of the big thing that you build around for different shows. So it'll probably be after that. I'll do a few things here and there before that. Right. I'm involved in a few things. I would like calling games to be part of my future, whether it's back on radio, streaming, TV, whatever. There's so many options. Uh, there are a lot of options now. And there'll be some other stuff coming out that's in the works that I can't really say that's completely different right, right. than what I was doing. That right. I think Hopefully is going to be. That comes to that's could be a lot of fun. And that's the one thing that's. I'd rather still be doing the show, but. There are some things that are coming from it that I weren't, wasn't able to do because of the show that you know I can kind of kind of right. expand out and do now. So right. so we'll see. But anything really official and longer term won't be till after football is over. Okay. Um, football question: Will Jimmy G be on the Pats next year? Jimmy G be on the Pats? They're definitely gonna gonna be looking for a quarterback. I mean, Cam is not gonna no. be the guy. Um, man, that's a. That's a good question because Jimmy G, he what he when he signed in San Fran, he did sign a team friendly deal. Okay. Um, but the question in San Francisco, if they got rid of him, is is where would you go? Right. It's always like you want to get rid of somebody, right. but you know who do you want to replace him with? That's always the interesting thing about it. You know, is Jared Stidham going to get the chance right. in New England? Now he came, Cam came in, and and he was a quarterback, so. People are talking about, you know, trading Jimmy G for Deshaun Watson. Are you kidding me? You better trade a hell of a lot more or San Francisco that would, I mean, what a deal they would get. Right. It would be Jimmy G and three first rounders right. for Deshaun Watson. Right. So. I guess that people are thinking that the 49ers are going to try to get Deshaun well, Watson. Well, if you try and get Deshaun Watson, you're going to give up a ton huh. to right. do it. A right. ton to do it. And you get back a friendly deal from Garoppolo, and depending on what the picks you would get back. Let me tell you, if Houston ends up trading Deshaun Watson, you draft to get a guy like, like Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. I agree. I Who, think it would be insane for that. Who's that age and that great? Right. Oh, my God. And then you say, no, we're going to trade him away, or you've done enough to piss him off that he doesn't want to be there? Right. Oh, my God. I'd be bending over backwards to make that guy happy. Without question, to start to build around because they yeah. need a lot to build around. Their old line, I mean, your quarterbacks get killed behind that old line. The defense needs help. They need help. They obviously but, lost our big receiver right. in DeAndre Hopkins. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't no. have anything. No, and like, you, you can have as great a team. And you have a quarterback. Right. Do not give him up. So... Uh, that's where I would go. This what is one for both of us. Okay. Moscow Mule or Margarita? Oh, Mule. Mule as well. Yeah. I'm not a big Margarita guy. When I do tequila, it's just shots usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, out of the two, I'd rather have a Mule all day yeah. long. Yeah. They're very tasty. Also, this one, what is the one routine or not or household chore that you absolutely would rather hit your thumb with a hammer than have to do? Me? No, me. Oh. <laughs> Go flower shopping with you. You hate it. Oh, my God. It's horrid. Horrid. I mean, it's not that bad. It's horrible. I hate it. I don't it. know why you don't like it. I don't know. I don't know why I don't. I just, I don't, 
I, you know, I don't care. And you, you're, you obviously are smart enough to not even ask me what I like anymore. I just go by with the cart and put stuff on. Yep. I'm in charge. Yeah, I'm the mule. So yep, yeah, you are. Yeah, Here's the other thing that uh, Mina Kimes tweeted this out, and, and I, I'm, I didn't understand this. This was, she talked about, and, and I don't know where it came from, quite honestly. But at the end of the school year, when she's in, in, in middle school, school grade yeah. school, that when you know when you have to clean your books and clean your desk, that all the kids would get shaving cream. I think and that clean started their desk. with our kids. Like Mina's, like my yeah, age, or yeah, my yeah, age, a little right. bit older. I don't think that happened with us. It happened with our kids, though. They would use shaving cream. I've never and heard I think of it's it. it's just to make it more fun. It's like the end of the school year thing. But, I mean, does shaving cream, cream really clean, clean something? Yeah. yeah. Why well, wouldn't it clean it? I, I don't know. How, why would I think? She, I've never in my life heard of shaving cream as a cleaner. No. But, I mean, I, I, I would think it has cleaning properties. I, I don't know. I remember, like, our years, you would get sandpaper... And we'd have to sandpaper the, the edges of the books because people would always oh, yeah, write yeah, on them the, the to get, to get the, 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 yeah. the thing off of that. Right. But I had never heard of shaving cream in my life. Ever. I asked you the other day, too, if you remembered, like, kids who had really messy desks. If their teacher, like, I can, I have visions of teachers just dumping their desks. Now, again, we were, we were, we were Catholic, Catholic schools. schools. Yeah. But yeah. I have just visions of them getting disgusted with, like, the papers hanging out. Yeah. There was always a messy kid. Always a messy kid. Yeah. Always. And yeah. just dumping his desk onto yeah. the floor. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that the other day, but. That's weird. Okay, so the shaving cream. The okay, shaving cream is a thing, but I think it didn't. Come but it's, yeah, it's not our. It's not a it's thing not, that I was don't with think us. It's our era. Okay, all right. I didn't think it was, so no. I just wanted to make sure of that. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Well, I'm going to leave you. You got you got nothing else. I mean, I have more, but I have a feeling you're going to talk about these things. Uh, okay. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm going to get into some of the the sports topics then. Thank you for making me relive my worst sports moment of my life. I hope you. It's, you know what? It's not therapeutic. It's not. Just How long have I been talking about no, it with you? I have know. I ever sounded like, oh my God, that felt oh, good. good. Never. Ever. I thought maybe this time would be Never. the time. Never. And I don't think it ever will. No. I think you could be 90 and like have forgotten most things and you'll remember If that. my kids wanted to be the meanest thing to me on my deathbed, and Sydney would do it, <laughs> the last thing she'd whisper, Kirk Louder will beat you in wrestling. <laughs> And that's how it would go off. <laughs> and Cindy would just go, <laughs> got him. Got yeah, him. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And oh, how she laughed. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I want to leave too. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, now where we go into some of the uh, the other sports. Let, let, let's go to the NBA uh, before we get into the college, the, the playoff games and such of what's gone on in the NBA. And that, that's clearly the trade um, uh, of, of Harden, uh, of just what went on and, and what's going to go on uh, with Harden going to the Nets and just what he went for. But first, there's so there's Harden, there's Durant, um, obviously, and Kyrie Irving. I mean, so you have another big three. 
you know, a monster three that you have. You know, we've had big threes, obviously, before. But people are going to say, is this big three going to be the best big three of all time? Now, you go to the big three, you know, in, in Miami. You go to the big three back with the Celtics, with Allen and with Pierce and with Kevin Garnett. You know, it was a big three. But the one thing that was always a delineation, you know, in Miami, it took a little bit for LeBron and Wade. You know, they were they were two alphas for them to realize, you know, LeBron's the man and it's LeBron, Wade and then Bosh. So what, you know, what's going to happen here? First, in all honesty, I don't know what the hell's going to go on with Kyrie. Kyrie has always been a bit out there. Great player, get it. Now he has been nicked up some. So I, listen, if they can pull this thing off and play well, you look at a at a group of Kyrie, Harden, KD, Joe Harris, Jeff Green. Now, Jeff Green played with Harden at Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma City and at Houston. Obviously, KD and Harden played together at Oklahoma City as well. Um, so if it can work, they're gonna, it, they will be the team coming out of the East over Milwaukee or Boston or Philly or whoever, I, I think, if they can get it to work. They're only 13 games into the season. They have a lot of time the way with COVID and how much practice time you can get. Games are going to be like the practice for them to work whatever they're going to work out. In all honesty, though, I think I may question Kyrie's health uh, from an injury standpoint and just his personality. I may question those things more than I look at that and say that may be more of the deterrent than how great the three could be together. You look at the potential there, and oh my God, it just looks fantastic. But Kyrie is without question, he's the wild card. There is no doubt he's a wild card. When KD is healthy, KD is rivaling or uh, sometimes above, maybe sometimes a little below, but right there with LeBron as the best player in the league. When, when he was at full strength health, he was the guy, the best player in the league, taking over as the best player in the league. So if he can get to back to that, and we'll see, and he's obviously playing well. Uh, but can he can he consistently do that coming off the Achilles? We'll we'll see. Uh, we know with Harden, and we, we know with Harden though also you're not getting any defense. And then obviously with Kyrie, you're getting the great handle. But you are getting the fact that you have three great players who like the ball in their hand, you know. And and there's only one ball. You know, it's kind of like when you have a great running back and a couple of great wide receivers and the quarterback, and you only got one ball. Uh, so how does it get distributed? How do they figure it all out? That's going to be the interesting and fun thing to watch, quite honestly, of how they figure it out, because they're going to have to. Um, so I would say right now, I would, I would pick them coming out of the East if they can work those things out, and they have plenty of time to do it. Um, but I, I, I may have more questions uh, about why it wouldn't work than I do of why it would and those questions all revolve around Kyrie Irving. So time will tell on that. And, it, and listen, it cost them, but this is what happens when you're doing business like this. They, it is unbelievable, is they do not, the Nets do not control a first-round pick of theirs for the next seven years. Now, there are other ways to build a team with free agency and trades. I get it. But you don't. they don't control a first-round pick for the next seven years. Years you go back to 2013 when everybody said they mortgaged the future to get to get Garnett and Paul Pierce there. The difference now is you have Kyrie and you get Harden there. You have KD. You have arguably the best player in the game. So that that's a big difference. You do have a huge and a great three uh, right now going on with the New Jersey Nets. So 
We'll see. Or the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry. So we, we will see. We will see what they're going to do. Uh, again, I, I think I think it's fun to envision what may happen. But, you know, let's be honest. And you're hearing all the right things, you know, from Kyrie, you know, as, as said through the GM that they're, you know, he talked uh, to uh, both Kyrie and KD and they're both up forward and they all just want to win and such. But let's see, man. It's a long season and Kyrie, we know, has had his issues. So we'll be interested to see how this all works out. But uh, there's your big three in Brooklyn now. Um, let's go to the, uh, the NFL. Uh, first, before we get on the field, you look at off the field, you see Doug Peterson gets fired in Philadelphia. Basically, you know, he and Lurie did not see eye to eye on where the future was going, and that meant Carson Wentz. So it seems like from that decision that Carson, Carson Wentz wins as far as being back. Now, we'll see what happens with a new coach and such about what happens on the field. But in a situation where people thought Carson may be gone, though, quite honestly, even if they traded him, it was a $34 million hit still. I mean, they are just going to get rocked because of the deal that they signed Wentz to. So it was hard to think of them on a different team uh, or, or of what they were going to have to pay for that. So it looks like he will uh, be back. How it will go on the field, we'll have to wait and see what the new coach says. But Doug Peterson, we find out how much winning a you know a Super Bowl can get you. <laughs> but then again, as people may say, as Doug may may have said, hey, we won the Super Bowl and Carson wasn't the quarterback when we won the Super Bowl. You know, we had a backup and Nick Foles go through the playoffs and help us win that Super Bowl. So. Uh, that was a battle there that Doug Peterson lost, so he's out. We'll see who's coming in, but it seems Carson Wentz was going to be there. And then the news, as I'm taping this, it's not not official, but it looks like it's going to be, and that's going to be Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville for an ungodly payday. Uh, so uh, that, uh, you know, and, and, and we've all heard it with, with Urban Meyer where he's coached in college and then for health reasons he stepped away and said he wasn't going back and then he goes back and then he steps away again and says he's not going back. And you never know what to believe with coaches or what their, what their reasons are. But, you know, you do know the success of him from Bowling Green to Utah to Ohio, Florida to Ohio State, you know, and how he's helped turn programs around. There's no doubting what he does as a coach. So, but how will it work on the pro level? That's going to be the big question because other college coaches have gone on to the pros and it hasn't gone so well, but we'll see. Urban's certainly going to get paid extremely well. Just think, Matt Rule went and got himself, what, six, seven million dollars a year from Carolina? I guarantee you, Urban's going to be bringing in, you're talking the highest paid had been, um, had been, uh, why am I drawing a Gruden uh, with the Raiders, you know, at 10 mil. Urban, they were talking about 10 or 12 mil a year. We'll see where it ends up. You know, it's probably going to be eight or more uh, that he's going to make. So good, good gig if you can get it. And for those right out of the gate, they're going to say, oh, Urban's going to take over. Jacksonville has the top pick in the draft. He's going to take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Not going to happen. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the top pick in this draft. He is going to go to Jacksonville. That is how uh, it is going to be. I don't, I don't, I don't at all uh, see how that see that changing one bit, in all honesty. Uh, and just because uh, the Ohio State coach is going to Jacksonville, I don't see that happening. So I, I still think he goes number one to Jacksonville. What's going to be interesting is the next couple of picks. You have the Jets in Miami, uh, because before we get to the other quarterbacks, it looks like, you know, if the Jets don't want to go quarterback, then who do they take? 
You know, the thought is Panay Sewell, the great left tackle out of Oregon who opted out, or Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. They got Mekhi Becton last year, who has played well for him at left tackle. In all honesty, I think I would grab the receiver. I think he is just so special because Sam Bradford or Sam Darnold needs help. Needs help. They don't have enough help for him, and I think Devontae Smith would be that guy. And then you have Miami sitting at number three, and they would be praying the Jets took the old lineman instead of the receiver so they could take the receiver. But I don't think Miami takes that quarterback either because they have Tua. I don't think we're going to see one of those Josh Rose and then the next year Kyler Murray type deals going on there. You know, we still talk about the quarterback position, you know, as we're now going to get get the draft in a couple of months. Trevor is going to be the top guy. What's going to be really interesting to me is, uh, this is according to Todd McShay, the next five quarterbacks, how they're ranked. Zach Wilson out of BYU, Justin Fields out of Ohio State, uh, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, who we didn't get to see at all, uh, Mac Jones out of Alabama, and Kyle Trask, or, uh, yeah, and Kyle Trask out of Florida. Those are the next five. You could potentially have five to six quarterbacks maybe go in the first round. I am going to be so interested after Trevor, Zach, Justin, Trey, Kyle, and Mac Jones, who can separate themselves next. And again, I don't, I don't mean in these pro days or, or I mean by going and back and let's all look at the tape again. We're going to look at pro days when they're in shorts and t-shirts and we're going to, ooh, ah, everybody's going to make the throw. And that, that stuff doesn't do a whole lot for me in all honesty. The important thing to me is not so much, not how they're throwing in shorts and a t-shirt, but when teams bring these guys in and put them in front of a whiteboard or give them plays the night before and then the next day go through the plays, go through it in film, go through it on the board. What are you looking at here? What are you looking at there? That's the stuff we don't see. That's the stuff we're not, we're going to see the guy in the shorts and the t-shirt throwing an out route or throwing a bomb on his pro day or on the, on the combine. And to me, I'm sorry. I go, whoop-de-doo, don't care. I want to see what he did in pads. That's why I watch these guys play. And then what we won't see is going to be what the teams see when they have them up at the board or watching film when they have a clicker in their hand and they're firing questions off at him. That, to me, is going to be the important thing. So, uh, And we have plenty of time for that. Uh, and then we're going to get to the game. So we have the uh, divisional games coming up. So let's take them in order. Uh, and the first one is there's two on Saturday and two on Sunday. The first one on Saturday is the Rams uh, going to Green Bay. Uh, so we saw what happened with the Rams and with Seattle. Wofford actually started the game because uh, Jared Goff had had thumb surgery just like 12 days earlier and actually had some pins put in there. But Wofford, he got hit, penalty on the hit. He, he got hit in the head. He ended up going in an ambulance to the hospital and and thank god everything was okay with him they called it a stinger but you could tell he was in a lot of pain but Jared Goff who they didn't expect to play came in and played and he played he didn't play great neither quarterback did both defenses played very well in that wild card game uh so now it's going to be Jared Goff starting and Blake Bortles is going to be the backup but where I think Green Bay is going to try and make, or I'm sorry, the Rams will try and make hay is that running game. Cam Akers ran very well against Seattle, and that's the spot to go against that Green Bay defense. They're not great against the run, this Green Bay defense. So that, I think, is where the Rams need to try and exploit Green Bay is going to be on the ground, and we'll have to wait and see what the weather is going to be there. And then also, 
on the other side, when Green Bay has the ball, here's the matchup that I want to see. Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams. That is the matchup. You saw Ramsey on a DK Metcalf last week for Seattle. That Rams defense was incredible against Seattle. But Seattle, but Green Bay's offense is better, even though, you know, that offense is hurting on the Bakhtari. It had been lost since the end of, um, uh, before the regular season ended uh, with, with a knee, got hurt in practice. So can that line hold up, especially with that uh, with Aaron Donald and that pass rush was just incredible. And that was against Russell Wilson, a guy who can move incredibly well. While Aaron Rodgers is a great athlete, he doesn't move like Russell Wilson does. So he'll get rid of the ball quickly by either throwing it away or trying to buy some time to make a play. So that's going to be the interesting thing uh, to me. Uh, I love the way the Rams defense played, but I still think the Packers are, are too good in this one. And I'm going to go uh, with the number one seed, the Packers. I think most people will. They're going to need, the Rams are going to need that that defense to play like they did against Seattle and be smothering because I just don't think the passing game from the Rams can be enough. And eventually they're going to need to have it unless that defense keeps the score way down. So I like uh, uh, Green Bay in that game. The second game that day in the AFC is Buffalo is Baltimore at Buffalo. What a matchup we're looking for here. Fellow 2018 first-rounders and Josh Allen and in Lamar Jackson. So we'll see. Uh, Baltimore, the last time they played, what, 24-17 win at Buffalo when they met in 2019. We know the Bills have gotten better. Stephon Diggs, what a, what a great trade for them to get. And Josh Allen turned into, for most of the season, an MVP candidate, just what Lamar Jackson was last year. So what a matchup you're going to have here. It's a pretty pretty balanced matchup here. Baltimore, what they've done toward the end of the season in running the ball, and finally Lamar Jackson gets, gets that uh, playoff win after running wild against Tennessee. And the way the Baltimore defense held the, uh, the Tennessee offense and Derrick Henry in check running the ball, I thought was fantastic. So um, overall, though, you know, both defenses, I think, are good. Uh, though the Buffalo, um, their rush defense isn't great at all. So I, I think that's going to be where, again, we're going to see Lamar Jackson running the ball. We're going to see, you know, run, run, run. We're going to see guys uh, get their chances. Uh, to run on this defense. So Buffalo Bills defense going to have to step up. But their offense, they can score a lot of points to help out the situation. I think this could be a very close game. I'm going to give a slight edge to the home team and the Buffalo Bills here, just the way Josh Allen is playing, even though Lamar Jackson is starting to look, it look like the guy that we saw last year. So I think this is going to be a hell of a game in Buffalo. I'm so bummed there's no fans because, man, that Bills Mafia – and what uh, they're just absolutely crazy there. But unfortunately, you know, we, we know we don't have that this year. So I give a slight advantage to a, in a really good game to the Buffalo Bills. And then uh, we're going to get Cleveland against Kansas City. Uh, you know, Cleveland, after their big win against Pittsburgh, forcing five turnovers, really didn't force the first one. That was on Pouncey. The center just snapped it over uh, Ben Roethlisberger's head. Interesting where the Steelers may go. That'll be another podcast. They're talking about what's the direction they're going to go in. Uh, is Ben going to be back? And the old, we know the old coordinator is already going to be gone. So what happens there? But what about this game? Listen, Kansas City heavily favored, and they should be heavily favored. I think they're the better team. 
But I thought Pittsburgh was going to win last week, even though Pittsburgh, after they were 11-0, didn't look anything like an 11-0 team the rest of the way. And Cleveland really hit on all cylinders, especially on offense. Baker Mayfield, you know, what a time to put together one of his, one of his better uh, uh, games. So the, the Chiefs' defense is good, not great. So look for a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in this one to really try and run the ball, run the ball, control the clock. And that helps Baker Mayfield so much in the passing game. But one thing I doubt they're going to be able to count on, like they did in Pittsburgh, they got the five turnovers, the four interceptions and the one fumble, is you don't see Mahomes turn the ball over a lot. He's uh, literally the best quarterback in NFL history in avoiding interceptions. So, I mean, can he? Yes. Turn the ball over occasionally, yes, but he doesn't do that a lot. So I just, I just don't see that happening, and I see that explosive chief offense against the defense in Cleveland. They better get pressure on him, and sometimes that doesn't even help when he escapes and what he's able to do on the run. So the defense for Cleveland worries me a little bit in this one, that the Jets could really jump on them and jump on them score-wise and force Cleveland the worst thing Cleveland can do right now, because I don't think they're good enough to just be a passing team, is get out of their game plan, which means run the ball, a dose of running to help in the passing game. But if they get down in this one and have to throw themselves back in the game, I think it is going to be difficult, even though the Chiefs defense isn't a great defense. And also on the other way, hey, let's just say for the Browns, it works like it did last week, and they jump all over Kansas City early like they did Pittsburgh. Well, we've seen... Kansas City come back from what as much as 24 down last year in the playoffs. So they certainly have the ability to do that. I, I don't see that happening. If one team's going to get away with it, go away and pull away early, I think it's going to be Kansas City on Cleveland. Don't get me wrong. I love my hometown team, and I think they're going in the absolute right direction. I just don't think right now they, they, they're going to be able to beat Kansas City. Though, that's why we play the games, to see what's going to happen. But you're making me make a pick. It's going to be Kansas City. And the last game is a third meeting between New Orleans and Tampa Bay. New Orleans won them both, including in November when they just destroyed uh, Tom Brady and, and uh, uh, Tampa Bay, 38-3. Absolutely crushed them in that game. The, uh, the Saints were all over Brady uh, on pass rushing as well. I don't think Brees got sacked once in that game. Now, Brady has been playing better since then. It, Brady, we know, plays so much better with the play action, though you got to get your running game going to get your play action to, to, to make the defense respect your run enough to get the play action going. We'll see. But I do like the, the, um, the uh, New Orleans defense. Now, the Tampa Bay defense is very good as well. They're both, you know, ranked pretty, pretty well. So I do like both these defenses. Make me pick one. I'm going to pick the New Orleans defense uh, over the, uh, the Tampa Bay defense a little more. And the fact that New Orleans, Camara, you saw what he did last week. You got Michael Thomas back as well. So they're getting their guys back and they're, they're doing what we talk about, peaking at the right time. Um, now, Tampa Bay is certainly playing better than when they played in November and got smoked by uh, um, New Orleans, no doubt about it. And one thing I'll say, it is very, very difficult to beat a team three times in a year. And that's exactly what the New Orleans Saints are being tasked with right now, to beat a team three times and a team led by Tom Brady, who I know, Tom, there has been discussions. Has Tom been off? Is it the coaching? Blah, blah, blah. Boy, when Tom starts hitting some passes, he can hit some passes. But I see this New Orleans defense putting some pressure on Tom 
and making him decide what he's going to do with the ball quick. Could that lead to turnovers? We'll see. I am, uh, but I, so I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints in this one. So basically, I'm going with every home team. I'm going with Green Bay. I'm going with Buffalo, Kansas City, New Orleans. I'm basically picking chalk, I know. But hey, you know what? They always say if you got to bet any kind of money that you want to lose, you know, if, if I'm going to make the chalk picks, I'm going to make the chalk picks on who I think is going to move on. Would I be shocked if a Baltimore beat Buffalo or a Tampa Bay maybe beat New Orleans? I wouldn't be. I would be way more surprised if the Rams beat Green Bay. And I think everybody would say the biggest surprise would be if Cleveland beat Kansas City. So enjoy the games. We'll see where they go. Enjoy the start of the the next big three in the NBA with Harden and KD and Kyrie Irving to see where that goes over time, uh, to see how it develops. And, uh, and we'll continue on. After this, we'll be into the AFC and NFC Championship game. So I'll talk to you all uh, next week. Enjoy. We'll get a whole other batch of questions. And maybe my wife will ask me a question that will embarrass my sports past again like she did earlier in this podcast. Until then, everybody take care. Be safe. Be good to one another.